right, you know what that music means. It is us again, DC Sports Plus, episode number five. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, coming back. Uh, it's been a little while, so we apologize for that, but we're back on board. It is the third day of the draft. It's Saturday, 11 a.m., right before round four starts. I uh, want to apologize for not getting into the, uh, the draft earlier than this. We said we were going to do two. Uh, we didn't get to it because of our schedules just didn't match up, and that's what happens. But to be honest, uh, it wouldn't have worked anyway because all the guys we wanted, we didn't take. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, also, we have a special guest with us today. Uh, we got Rock Allen, awesome comedian from Newport News, and he's going to be chiming in with us and give us some insight. Very funny dude, also very football knowledgeable. What's up, Rock? What's going on? I greatly appreciate uh, the opportunity to come in here and talk some shit on your podcast. And, uh, <laughs> it's been a, a pleasant stay up here. The hospitality you guys show me great. You guys didn't have to cut my nuts, but I really, <laughs> really appreciate that. It's a nice old surprise. Thank well, you guys. Well, well, definitely. We try to make Minnesota fans welcome because we know they don't have nothing to look forward to for football or baseball. They got, so, yeah. they got their picks in on <laughs> They did, they did so, get their that, picks that's in. That's the most important thing. That that's is the most important thing. thing. Yep, okay, yep. so here's what we're going to do. We're going to start it off. We've all looked over it. Uh, again, this is Saturday, so we've had rounds one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do just for the show, we're going to go ahead and each of us is going to go around. We're going to talk about um, the winner of the either the draft or round one, however you want to look at it, uh, so far in our eyes. Number two, a biggest surprise that you have. And then, of course, we're going to talk Washington Commanders because, hey, that's what we do. That's what we do. Okay. It's DC Sports Plus, baby. Okay. So, so I, I, if it's okay with you, I want to go ahead and start off with the guest. Got to do it, man. Okay. So, we're going to start sizzle, off with baby. Brock. He's, like I said, he is a Vikings fan, so don't hold that against him. But he's going to go ahead and start off with it. What you got, Rock? Uh, first of all, there's uh, quite a few teams that uh, have made some moves that have been pretty impressive. There's been a couple of head scratchers. Uh, but right now, I really like what Detroit's doing. And being a Viking fan, uh, I really hate to say this, but uh, <laughs> Detroit's looking like they're getting ready to be the king in the north. Mm. Uh, originally looking at their first-round picks, it looked like – those were definitely head scratchers because they looked like reaches. Yeah, definitely. That both those players that they took, Jamar Gibbs at 12 and Jack Campbell at 18, uh, it looked like those were reaches, that those are guys that they could have gotten a little bit later on and still got some impact players. But uh, reports, I guess, have come out recently that other teams were eyeing these guys, and Detroit obviously eyed them both as uh, and identified them as what they want to do with their franchise. So – they ended up taking Jamar Gibbs, running back from Bama. Uh, basically the second best back in the draft. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just explosive. behind Dijon. Yeah, yeah he's, he's explosive. Versatile. He's versatile, catches the ball, runs the ball. Yeah. I mean, they got a playmaker. Pedigree yeah. from Alabama. Alabama, right. And pedigree. And they lost the, their, their main bell cow from last year. Yes. Williams. Yeah. yeah. Jamal um, Williams. Yep. Yeah. They also, uh, with the 18th pick, they brought in from Iowa linebacker Jack Campbell, who I believe he was rated the number one middle linebacker. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, so, you know, they didn't really look like they had a whole lot to do offensively, especially the way they were playing in January towards the end of the year. So uh, they did have to replace uh, tight end TJ Hawkinson that they had shipped off to my team. Thanks for that. <laughs> I really liked them. Uh, Kurt liked Kurt, them. Kurt definitely Kurt liked, liked them. them. Security blanket. I mean, I mean, they might actually be waking up together, and they might spoon. At yes, that. I'm pretty sure they spoon. Yes. 
<laughs> so, but they ended up replacing him uh, with the 34th pick with uh, Sam Laporta, the tight end out of Iowa, yeah. who's definitely a receiving back. Uh, not a receiving back, but a, a receiving tight end. Um, and, and the rich just keeps getting richer. So they, they went on defense again, and they took what was viewed as one of the top safeties in the draft, uh, Brian Branch from Bama. Yeah, crazy who, that they got him that late. <laughs> Love this guy. He... Uh, he gets the job done in coverage. Uh, he takes out tight ends and running backs and definitely mans the nickel. So they definitely got another key piece, especially after jettison off uh, Jeff Udica. Yeah. And they, they brought in two new starting corners for the year. Uh, and then to finish off the, the, the night for them, uh, they may have looked at brought in Jerry Goff's eventual place, uh, replacement with Hendon Hooker uh, from Tennessee. The guy's going to definitely get a red shirt year. Um, I know a lot of people had mocked or talked about him sneaking into the end of the first round so you get the extra year. But uh, the Lions don't have any worries when it comes to that. They have him locked in at least for the next four. Yeah, He's sitting one year, so that's a – and I I can't stress enough that how times have changed. If you really look at it, the quarterbacks who can sit a year – without having to touch the field seemed to benefit a lot more. And that's how the NFL used to be. Rookies never saw the field. Right. And then, you know, things changed with Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco and a handful of other quarterbacks where it was these guys are impact quarterbacks. They need to see the field immediately. Well, that and the money. That's also what changed it. The money got so ridiculous before they did the rookie wage scale, you had to start them. Because you're paying all this money. I mean, the ridiculous amount of money you're paying, you had to start them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the contracts that these rookies were getting dictated, they needed to come in and start early. I and mean, that ruined a lot of, like you said, ruined a lot of quarterbacks. Yep. And, and like I said, being a Viking fan, having to say this about Detroit, it, it really does suck. But as long as the Bears are still going to be horrible, I'll be all right. <laughs> we see that uh, also with Green Bay, when Aaron Rodgers shipped, shipped out now finally with the Jets, yeah. that the uh, Green Bay Packers have no problem providing offensive weapons <laughs> yeah. to the new quarterback, Jordan Love. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I would love to have seen Aaron Rodgers' face on video in succession with these picks. Uh, you know? I, I just picture the lights dimming and Aaron Rodgers, you see his back as he's walking down the hallway with the song, Hello Darkness, My Old Friend, playing <laughs> in the background oh, as all these offensive weapons are being provided for the new quarterback. <laughs> oh, God. But uh, I want to hit on what you said with the Lions. I have to throw my two cents in. I have to disagree a little bit. Love the players. Did see that, that other teams were looking at those players, so they had to get them where they got them. My difference is they signed uh, David Montgomery from the Bears at running back for a three-year deal. They signed Alex Anzalone for a three-year deal. Re-upped, I guess, not signed. And they also had Rodrigo who last year won the job outright as a, was he an undrafted rookie? Sixth round. Sixth round. Sixth round rookie, won the job outright at middle linebacker. So whether you want to upgrade or not, it just seems like the, the two ideas weren't married. You know, the free agency didn't go with what the draft was. If you had your eyes possibly set on that, it's only a month ago. I mean, free agency only started just though it was five, five weeks ago. Yeah. So if you had a thought that you were going to do that, I don't really understand why they took these guys in the first round. No, it's a valid point. Valid point. You could go either way with it. I mean, it all comes down to what the front office thinks and what they want. Yeah. And, you know, we're really not going to know for another couple of years. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you can make good arguments for both sides. 
Um, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, the Lions had a lot of picks in the first couple rounds. Yeah. And um, they're trying to build something special. We'll just see if it works out. I mean, and I love the, I, I love the Lions uh, as far as what they've done, um, as far as building a team. Love, I think we all agree, love Dan Campbell oh, yeah. as a head coach. Um, so I think that's one of the things that they have going forward. Uh, but I just think that, you know, if you're solidifying a position in free agency and then you just add more to it, is it solidifying it or is it just more? Right. Yeah. So, all right. So what we're going to do, we're going to kick over to D and you're going to talk about your um, team that you think did the best. Well, this is pretty much Captain Obvious over here. <laughs> so, you know, I think anybody that watches the draft, um, pretty much this is a consensus here. Um, I'm going to have to say it's a slam dunk Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, let, let's, boo! Let's, yeah, I know, boo! <laughs> I mean, let's, let's really break this down here. I mean, you get arguably the best player in the draft, Jalen Carter. Carter. Yep. We all know about the stuff going on, the off-the-field stuff. Um, we're finding out what's going to happen with that. But the bottom line is that he is the number one player in the draft by all accounts, and he goes nine to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Move rich get richer. Move up one spot. Move up one spot. And they, they gave up, like, pocket chains. Well, I, I, <laughs> I'd argue that for your monster in the middle, don't you want a killer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did, well, he didn't kill Not him. Valid point. He didn't kill him. Yeah. He just outraced him, and the other person just couldn't yeah. drive. <laughs> valid point. Valid point. But I will say, I mean, a team that was just in the Super Bowl gets to draft the best player in the draft by all accounts, by most accounts. That, that, not to interrupt, but think about that. When Washington won the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and then supposedly we got the best player in the draft when we picked up the Heisman Trophy winner. Didn't Des- work out too well, did it? Desmond Howard didn't work out too well. Didn't work out too well. So I'm hoping it happens the same way this yeah, way. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely, definitely hit a home run with that, getting him at nine. The value's too good. Then they're going to get his teammate. At number 30, Nolan Smith, my goodness, here's a guy. Yes, he's a workout warrior, but he's a freak of nature. The guy coming off the edge, he could do it all. Versatile linebacker. You, you stick him into that defense, and he could just wreak havoc. So, I mean, you get him at 30. He's going to kill Leno. He's oh, going to yeah. kill Leno. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, mo- honestly, most, in all honesty, most people had Nolan Smith going in the first 15 picks. They get him at 30. Just sitting there. Just That's sitting what kills there. me. Yeah. They, 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 we talked about for years how the Ravens just happened to sit there and they just picked these guys that yeah. happened to drop and they turned them into Pro Bowlers yeah. and Hall of Famers. And they sit there at 30, did not make a move, and get the guy that was mocked to them at 10, at 10. in yeah. a lot of mock drafts. Yep. Yep. I mean, Howie Roseman, man. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what you – when it comes to a GM and he's doing it, he's getting it up, man. Mm-hmm. He's getting it in. So, first two picks, I mean, home runs. I mean, just to add to that, I mean, the rich get richer. You know, then they pick up in the third round, they get Tyler Steen, a very good offensive lineman tackle from Alabama, um, widely respected, uh, been on a big-time program, can come in there. I mean, their offensive line is getting up there in age. So, you get yourself a little uh, a youth guy come in there, left tackle, See what he can do. Um, he'll be able to learn behind that already talented offensive line. I love the pick there. Well, I think he played everywhere. Basically, yeah, he, I think he played left. Yeah. He played right, and he played guard. Yeah, he was uh, very versatile. Yeah, so I mean, they could use him anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I just think that what they've done is they have positioned themselves to be in contention next year. Um, I hate to say it, you know, as a <laughs> Commanders fan, but I mean, you know, the proof's in the pudding. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at with this. Uh, definitely Philly. Yeah. 
Okay, and and I can't argue with any of that. Like I said, they as much as as we don't like Philly, uh, what they did in the draft, um, they sat there and 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 made a move to go up one spot to get what they say is arguably the best uh, player in the draft, mm-hmm. and then they they sit there at thirty with their pick because that that was the uh, Saints pick that yeah. they got last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they sit there at thirty and they, and they get. A freak athlete. And, and like I said, they pick up the versatile lineman in the third round. Uh-huh. And then with their last pick in the third round, they get Sidney Brown, safety Illinois, in-the-box safety, explosive, um, finds the football, ball tracker. Yeah. Um, this is a guy that can come in. He doesn't have to start right away, but he gives you depth. And he can come in and potentially be a starter. Has good traits, has the kind of things you want playing safety in, in today's NFL. Right. So, I mean, just to add to that, I mean, you got to love it. Yeah. What do you think, so, Rock? Fly, Bulldogs, fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they picked up uh, Jordan Davis last year in the middle, who yeah. was an absolute monster. Yes. Uh, keep him away from candy. I don't want him losing his foot. <laughs> and uh, and N'Kobe Dean at, at, at the middle linebacker spot, but I think he may be quick enough where they may move him outside. Yeah. And uh, the, the, both those picks were seen as luxury picks. Yeah. They, they weren't required to come in and start immediately. They right. could learn be rotational pieces, right. get uh, caught up with the pace of the game, even though they play in the NFL light uh, <laughs> SEC with Georgia. Yeah. Um, and then to pull in two more Georgia defenders, yeah. it, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and again, these guys aren't going to be expected to come in and have to contribute immediately. No. Well, now you have four defensive players who all already have a continuity and an experience with each other. Right. And that's just going to help. Philadelphia out, uh, and then shoring up the offensive line with Tyler Steen again. Yeah. It's, you never go wrong building your team from the inside out. No, right. And Philadelphia definitely believes in that. Yeah, Washington doesn't. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, or at least not on the O side. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, so uh, I'm going to make mine a little simpler. Uh, I'm just going to get into uh, a first-round pick and then uh, early second. Um, and I- I'm going with Pittsburgh. Um, everybody had Pittsburgh uh, as as waiting behind Washington. Uh, they would get either a corner or a um, tackle. Um, well, they didn't wait. They jumped up in front of Washington, jumped up in front of the Jets with New England. So they jumped from 17 to 14. They gave up 120, which, by the way, Washington had 118. Yep. So if we really wanted to jump up and get a tackle, uh, they would have been able to do that, but obviously they didn't. We'll get into that when we get to the commander side of it. Uh, so they jump up three spots, and they get my favorite tackle in the, in the draft, in Broderick Jones. Uh, another Georgia Bulldog, so they do it on offense as well as defense. Um, just a, a, a nasty, nasty blocker. Uh, I think that he's going to end up being the best left tackle that's, that's drafted. Um, technically, he's not as good as Skaronsky. Um, physically, he's not as gifted as Paris Johnson, but I think if you put the two together, he's the best overall, in my opinion. So yeah. I love the pick, uh, thought that was great. And then they turn around at 32, which they got for Chase Claypool from, from the Bears, who, who, who thought that that would be the 32nd pick in the draft. <clears throat> and then they get, you know, basically hometown royalty yep. in, in Joey Porter Jr., Another position of need. Somehow, some way, they're sitting there at 32. 
don't have to trade up, don't have to do nothing, and you get Joey Porter. Long, lanky corner, um, fast, doesn't have the interceptions, which is what my big knock on him was um, because he, he only has one career interception. Um, doesn't mean he's not a good corner because he's always around the ball. Just for my personal thing, I want a cornerback that's going to get the interception right. and flip the field for you. Um, but, sense. yeah, that's that's my two right there. I think Pittsburgh did an amazing job trading up three spots. They They knew what everybody else had mocked. Broderick Jones was not making it to them at 17. Yeah, they knew um, that. Yeah. yeah. So, they so, did their homework. And another thing that I read that, that really kind of disheartened me was that New England was confident that they could drop back to 17 and get Christian Gonzalez because somehow they knew that we were taking Emmanuel Forbes. Yeah. So that irritates me because that means you're not protecting your information somehow. Mm-hmm. Um and that could be, uh, you know, speculation, or whatever. But what I read was they felt confident that they would still get Christian Gonzalez at 17. Mm-hmm. Now we didn't want him. That's fine. That's we're going to talk about that here in a second of what we ended up doing. But love what Pittsburgh did. Yeah, can't can't go wrong. I mean, great organization. They do it the right way. It pisses me off, <laughs> but it is what it is. I mean, that's what the Steelers do. Uh, well, one well run organizations. Team seemed to do very well in the draft, and I think they maximized their values there and, and got some good players. Yeah. Bottom line, you got got something to say, Rock? Got something to say? Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the Pittsburgh Steelers is one of the handful of teams that just always seems to know what they're doing when it comes to putting together a roster. Yeah, I would say that the Saints scouting organization. Oh yeah, is also up there. They are Philly, obviously. Yep, Baltimore. Yep. Uh, and they rounded out the day yesterday with uh, defensive lineman Keona Benton from Wisconsin, a 6'4", 309 guy. Yeah. So the way – I believe they're a 3'4", so he's definitely yeah. an end. Yeah. Uh, and then they got Darnell Washington, who was a, a tight end who a lot of people had a first, early, second ground grade on. Yeah. Uh, 6'7", 264 uh, from Georgia. Mm-hmm. And, and it just – you know, I think he fell because of some issues that were coming out with his knees. Yeah. But, but Pittsburgh, again, just loaded up on positions that are – these guys aren't necessarily going to have to contribute immediately, right. but they're going to get worked in fairly early. Yeah. And that, that's going to – I think that's going to do them pretty good, pretty solid. Well, I think Broderick Jones definitely starts day one. Oh, yeah, um, no question. I think he comes right in and no he, he's the immediate starter. Unless he just has a horrible training camp in preseason. Yeah. But I think he definitely starts. Okay, before we get to the commanders, one big surprise – and anybody can pop in if you want. I'll start to give you all a little bit of time since I just sprung this out there. One big surprise to me, and I'm going to call my shot, uh-huh. that I said it. I told you. I just had the wrong order. I had the Texans trading up to number three from 12, and I had them getting both C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. Now, when they picked Will Anderson, I was like, okay, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, everybody at the latest thing, everybody had Will Anderson, no C.J. Stroud. Things had flipped. When it came down that the trade was made and they come up and got C.J. Stroud, I have to say I, I'm, I'm pretty amazed. Yeah. Uh, I, I called that. I pegged that. I think, I, I, you know, other people have said that they've said it in the past. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. <clears throat> I just said, what do they need? They want two blue chippers. They got all this ammunition with all these picks, what about if they just come up and, and they handle both of them? 
Um, so I was amazed with that. So that's my biggest surprise so far, shock of the draft, is that Houston, and I think you, you said it best, your, your phrase, they attack and success. Attack success, uh, man. They identified their quarterback. They identified uh, what a lot of people believe is, is the best edge uh, in, in the draft. To, you know, some people have Tyree Wilson, whatever, um, but arguably the best. They wouldn't be available at number 12. Yeah. So they do that. They trade up. They gave up a good amount for it. I don't have the draft compensation in front of me right yeah, now. They gave up a haul. <clears throat> but, um, but they moved up. They got their guy, and they had the picks to give. Yeah. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but me personally, I'm just going to sit there and say, C.J. Stroud, total bust. Not going to work. <laughs> don't, don't believe it. Very That's awesome. all i got to say about that. Okay. <laughs> well, to segue into that, I would, uh, my, surprise, my surprise is the Jets picking Will McDonald 15. I mean, this is a guy, edge rusher out of Iowa State. Uh, they had more pressing needs. Um, edge rusher was not high on their, on, on their list as far as big needs. And, you know, he was, he was overdrafted. Yeah. I mean, bottom line, all reports you read up on Will McDonald, he was looked at as second-round grade, and they take him 15th overall. Yeah. So, again, it remains to be seen. Like I said, this is all projections. This guy yeah. could end up being a, a, a pro bowler. We yeah. don't know. But as, at the here and now... I would have to say my biggest surprise is Will McDonald at 15 for the Jets. Well, one thing I did read about that last night was um, that they were interested. They were going to take Jameer Gibbs, mm-hmm. uh, and he was gone. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty positive that I read that it was Broderick Jones mm-hmm. that they were going to take. Right, yep. And, and the Steelers jumped them for that. Yep. So they were down to number three. Yeah. Um, so if you're sitting at 15 and you got you know, your, your, what you figure at least – Two guys that you figure on the board should be there, yeah. and you go up to draft. That's, that's like the draft day when uh, Jacksonville's on the clock, oh, yeah. and the new general manager spazzing out. He's you know, what's going he's on, like, man. "Oh, what's the? Tell me what's going on. What's I'm going confused. on?" I'm confused. You know, so so I see. You know, I understand that, but I do think that is a little bit of a stretch. You look Definitely. at some of the names that went behind that. Yeah, nobody saw him go at fifteen. Nobody even had. I mean, it just came out of left field. Yeah, so I do think that is a shocker. So that's a good call. Yep. All right, Rock, what you got? What do you got for your surprise, man? For my surprise? Yes. At 35, the Las oh. Vegas Raiders <laughs> being able to pick up who was one of my favorite players in yep. this draft, arguably the best tight end. Yep. Uh, first of all, when your nickname is Baby Gronk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then you end up playing for Josh McDaniels, who was one of the main orchestrators of the offenses in New England for all those years. Yep. You know, and he's not taking time off to go fuck around in Denver for a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I just I can't believe that Mayer slipped yeah. like that. Yeah. I understand that he may not be viewed as the prototypical nowadays uh, tight end who lines up just out yeah. in the slot. Flexed out, yeah. He, the man is a run blocker. He enjoys hitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he makes plays. He has no problem securing the ball with his hands. He's not a body catcher. With his hands in traffic, yep. and he makes stuff happen after the play. Yeah, uh, I think that's going to be huge for Jimmy Garoppolo, who's probably going to play 13 to 12 games this season. Yeah. Uh, good luck, whoever their backup is. <laughs> we have to look into that. But I think Mayer slipping down that yeah. far, that, that shocked me. Yeah, and I'm going to add to that. And I said it yesterday while we're sitting there watching the draft. Did not want a tight end in the second round. But I did say that if Michael Mayer was there at 47, I would change my mind. Because I do have a man crush on that dude. Uh, I've watched him since he was a true freshman at Notre Dame. Um, 
I think he's amazing. And like Rock said, he's a complete tight end. That, to me, is what you want. Because the way Washington does it, you have your blocking tight end, which you bring him in, and everybody knows you're going to run the ball 95% of the time. Uh, And then you have your receiving tight ends that come out there and flex out wide. Well, guess what? Everybody knows you're going to pass the ball. So um, this guy right here, like you said, Michael Mayer is a complete tight end. He can do both. And that, to me, is a unicorn in today's NFL. And how he dropped to 35, I I have no clue. And I would say I'd rather rather have him than our 47 with the safety. But we'll get into that. Yeah, it makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I'm not quite as high. Uh, Michael Mayer as Rock and my cousin Bobby are. But I do agree with most of what they say. Yeah, he's a complete tight end. Doesn't necessarily fit the mold of the new age tight end. But the fact that he can block, he catches everything, he's physical. Um, at the end of the day, he's going to contribute and help out whoever he's playing for. Bottom line. Awesome. Okay. And, got? and he's in a spot... Where they just got rid of their Pro Bowl tight end, yeah. Darren Waller. Yep. So with yeah. the offense that String the quarterback's the already used to, yeah. the coach is going to run. He, he's going to be a perfect. He's going. He's going to have a huge year. He's, I, I, I'm I saying do. now he's going to have a huge year. I, I think that's a good pull. Okay, so now we're going to get into as we're eating some breakfast here. As eating a little bit of breakfast that, that my wife made up some sausage and we're, some bacon. We're not breaking bread. We're breaking pig. That's <laughs> all right. That's all right. Oh, yeah. If you're Muslim, we do apologize. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> Rock doesn't, but, you know, hey. So Man, now what we're going to get into, Rock will, will chime in a little bit on this, but obviously he's not as invested as we are because now we're going to get into what we do. Mm-hmm. The commander's talk. Okay. So I'm going to start off. I'm going to let you go ahead and, and, and enjoy that tasty huh. food right there. And I'm going to go with first round pick. We got Emmanuel Forbes. So we're sitting there on the clock and we're at 16. Dimitri, you called it. I bow down before you. <laughs> you said you said four tackles would be gone before we picked. Mm-hmm. And I said no chance in hell, three will be gone. You were right. Four were gone. To me, at that point, we're in limbo, okay? Mm-hmm. It's already been reported that um, they were asked, Martin Mayhew and Rivera were asked about a trade down. They said they didn't receive any calls, mm-hmm. which is plausible. They said last year, after trading down to 16, they had four phone calls, but they didn't want to trade back because they wouldn't be able to get Dotson. They didn't say that this year. Mm-hmm. They said that we didn't get any phone calls. Yep. So I think they took their best player available that's for them. Yeah, that's big. No phone call. <clears throat> so, and as much as when we sat here, we were basically right near each other, mm-hmm. and we're watching it, and I'm like, okay, all right, I can see it. Need is tackle and um, corner. I think it's too early for a guard. Mm-hmm. So the four tackles are gone. They went with this, their best corner that fits what they do. Uh-huh. Oh, by the way. Had 16 career interceptions mm-hmm. in college, I believe it was, 16. Yep. And had 14 in high school, just just to show you that it's not just a fluke thing. Yep. So he's had, from high school to college, 30 career interceptions. He had six, he is the record holder, six interception return for touchdown, which is an FBS record. Mm-hmm. And he is long, lanky, and yes, he's thin. Mm-hmm. He is thin. 
He was 166. Everybody is, is, is freaking out about this. But like they said on one of the post-draft uh, shows, Fred Smoot was, was like 175 when he came out. Yep. I think Fred Smoot turned out pretty damn good for Washington. Yeah. Um, and even Minnesota on that, on that cruise. <laughs> we don't talk about <laughs> If you don't know what I'm talking about, if, you, if you're younger than us and you don't know what I'm talking about, just do Fred Smoot Vikings Cruise. And you'll, you'll no, see yeah, all you need, need to see. To see. Yeah, everything you need <laughs> so, to see. Because Fred Smoot did leave us uh, after a contract dispute, and he did go to Minnesota. So we're just starting off with that. I think I like the Emmanuel Forbes pick. We, need, we, we finished 26th, I believe it was 26th, in turnovers at 18. We had nine interceptions. We had nine fumble recoveries in 17 games. We had 18 turnovers. Unacceptable. They go out and they get a a bona fide ball hawk. So I love it. Can't go wrong with it. I agree, hundred percent. I mean, Emmanuel Forbes, um, everything you want, uh, ball hawk. I mean, you pretty much said everything. I mean, bottom line is that to piggyback off you, of course, the linemen were gone. Biggest need was line and corner. You're not. There was no interior lineman that was worthy of the 16th pick. So you go to your next biggest need, corner. And Washington had identified Emmanuel Forbes as the guy they want for their team who has extremely good ball-hawking skills, good traits, lengthy, uh, always around the ball. And he is going to go to a team that was very paper-thin in the secondary and, 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 and add talent to the secondary. And you cannot argue that. So 100% agree with you on that. And tell, him, tell, him about, tell him about the difference between him and Christian Gonzalez. Okay. So, so for the fans that don't know yeah. and don't keep up with it, right. um, there, Christian Gonzalez was, was basically 1A, 1B right. in corners. Didn't expect him to be there when we picked. What's, what's the difference? Bottom line is this, and people, people that don't really know, if most people had him considered the number one corner. But if you really do your study and you read up on it, this is a guy, and he could end up being a really good player. He's a good kid. Bottom line is that he was in Colorado. Transferred to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Before the transfer to Oregon, he had never had an interception. Now, am I saying that interceptions are the BL end off for a corner? No, I'm not saying that. Helps. Helps. It, it helps. You, I, it I, helps. I like it. Yeah. I like interceptions. Right. Yeah. We all want turnovers. <laughs> so I think the bottom line is that here's a kid that when he was in Colorado, never got a pick. Then he goes over to Oregon, ends up getting four picks yeah. um, his last year. And that, to me, is big because in a league where you need to get the ball and force turnovers, you have a guy like Emmanuel Forbes who seems to always be around the ball and always get the ball in his hands. Yeah. And to me, that's, that's valuable. Yeah. That's something that if you've got two corners that are tit for tat, yeah. you're going to take the guy that gets the ball in his hand more. Yeah. So that, that's my take I on mean, that. Emmanuel Forbes has more career interception returns for touchdowns then Christian Gonzalez has interceptions. Right. That there you go. I mean, drop the mic for, for that. Drop the for mic. that. Once I once I read up on him and once we got all that information, that's when I started shaking my head like, okay, yeah, I, I like the pick. They're gonna put some weight on him. Let's not let's yeah. not be dumb about this. Yeah. He's not gonna be one sixty six going into the season. No. He's probably gonna be between one seventy five, one eighty. Oh yeah, going into Definitely. the year. Definitely. <clears throat> so he's still thin, but those those wiry. The wiry guys, the wiry guys, like like the replacements. Those yep. wiry guys 
Th- those dudes don't get hurt. Nah, man. Because they're flexible. Yeah. Because they, they can absorb the punishment of it. And people want to like talk about these missed tackles. Everybody misses tackles. Yeah. Everybody on, gets yeah. beat on a play. Yeah. You know, but it's the willingness to make the play. And the highlights that I saw of him, he's willing to go up and make a hit on the run stopping. Oh, yeah. And st- Now, he's not Devon Witherspoon, who right. hits like a damn safety. Yeah. You know, but he's somebody that will come up and hit you and try to take, you know, get the ball, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think, Rock? You got anything to say about uh, Emmanuel Forbes? I, I think as far as coverage skills go, uh, it, you can't argue with the production that he has put out there. And the other thing that you can put with that production is the, uh, the stat of zero. Zero missed games. Mm. The kids yeah, so valuable. Yeah. So valuable. The kid's a baller. Yeah. Um, and so I don't valuable. think it, you guys really need to worry too much about his weight. Um, in college, you're in your teens and early 20s. Uh, obviously, we all bulked up shortly after <laughs> that time frame, but that was more to beer and fourth meals. Thanks, yeah. Taco Bell. Yeah. Yo, Kiero bullshit. Can we sue uh, them? But, Can we sue them because we got fat? No, it's our own fault. Damn. It's, okay. Mexi melts are so <laughs> But Emmanuel Forbes, uh, I think he was reported at 166 playing weight in college, and I believe the report that was last heard is that he's already up to about 180. Right. Yeah. So that's just going to uh, going into your commander's talk and how much you love Dan Schneider. <laughs> uh, with the Don't get new, us started on that. <laughs> with the new ownership coming in, that's going to be nutritionists, weight rooms, facilities. Yes. Um, strength and conditioning coaches I wouldn't worry a single bit about the kid's weight I think he's a baller and you guys got what could end up being the second best corner now with that being said we also don't know the best corners in the draft could end up coming out of the sixth and seventh round yeah but but this kid from what he's shown on film uh production wise and his availability I think it's a great pick for you guys. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Okay, so I'm going to let you start off <laughs> with our second round pick. Okay. Because okay, I feel okay. some kind of way. Okay, so. The commander complaint department. <laughs> if you are a commander's fan, pretty much there's a consensus that the two biggest areas of need going into the draft was secondary, offensive line. Well, I would say, I would say corner. Yeah, corner, because, yeah. because I mean, safety yeah. wise, yeah. if everybody all told, I think we're good at safety. But no, I said, but secondary is part of, is corner. I know, but I would just I be more specific. Okay, with it, okay, and it's corner is okay. where we needed the help. Okay, okay. So bottom line is that the way the draft was going to unfold was either going to be us taking, I believe, a tackle or a corner with that first pick, and what was going to dictate that was going to be who was available. And we've already touched on the fact that the top four tackles were gone. So you were in a position where if you could not trade back, which from all reports and accounts, nobody was calling. So now you were in a position where you want to take the best player at the position of greatest need. And that's where Forbes comes in. So there you go. We've already talked about the first round pick. That made sense. No big deal. Now, on day two, picking 47... We all know, okay, offensive line. The offensive line is under-talented. To say the least. To say the least. Um, It is void of talent. That is well-documented. You can go to ESPN.com. 
Go to Washington Commanders depth chart. Look at the entire offensive line. Click on each player and look at their pedigree. Look at where they were taken. Bottom line is that if you go to the other team's depth charts and you look at where those other offensive linemen went, you'll see that most all organizations invest heavier in the line than we have over the last couple of years. It is a fact. All you got to do is go to ESPN.com, go to the depth chart, you'll see. It's not rocket science. No. So, at 47, we're thinking, oh man, got to be an interior lineman, got to be a tackle, we got to do that. And then all of a sudden, they throw us a curveball, and we pick up, of course, Jatavius Martin. Now, whose nickname is Quan? The Quan, love it. Quan, love it, love it, love it. Now, a lot of people were that they, they were reporting. Mel Kuyper said he loved to pick. The initial response was we were very upset because we're like, wait a minute, you have you're struggling on the offensive line to get some talent on the offensive line. And you go and you use your second-round pick on another guy in the secondary. We don't even know. He's a hybrid safety corner. He's one of these versatile guys that doesn't have a true position. So that's another frustration. So the initial knee-jerk reaction was, what are we doing? What are we doing? But upon reading more stuff and seeing what came out about how, you know, the fact that Cam Curl was in the last year of his contract – uh, we let go of Bobby McCain. Kendall Fuller's on the last year of his contract. You could make an argument that it was a good decision to pick Martin and what his potential is and what he brings to the table and what he can do. Um, again, didn't like the pick. It's been sort of, it's been sort of. I'm being sold on a little bit more as more reports are coming out. And I'm, I'm I'm looking at more stuff on it. So again, knee jerk reaction. Very upset. A day later, looking back on it, may be a good pick. Give us some depth. Some guys could be leaving here in another year or so in that secondary. So my feel is let's wait and see. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. first I hated it. Now I'm just not crazy about it, if that makes any sense. <coughs> well, allow me <laughs> to, to retort. retort. <laughs> so first instinct, just like you said, hated it. Hated it. Not yeah. hate the player. Right, not hate the player, no. Just hate, just hate the pick for what – was available there for the offensive line Mm -hmm. and for what our needs are, our biggest needs. Mm -hmm. This is what we talked about last year on one of the mocks. I know, I mean, one of the uh, podcasts we mentioned, we drafted Fidarius Mathis in the second round last year, Mm -hmm. a year early to get ready for when Deron Payne leaves. Guess what? Deron Payne didn't leave. Deron Payne didn't leave. (laughs) Dude got paid. Okay. So now we have a second-round pick that's going to play about 35% of the snaps for the rest of his career in Washington. So for another three years. Who, by the way, is coming off a major knee surgery. (laughs) Okay. So what you're doing is you're saying we're taking a strength and we're strengthening it. That's great. Mm -hmm. But what about your weakness? Right. And the weakness is the O-line. Okay, so and I even put some stuff on Twitter responding to Chris Russell talking about who, oh, well, fans don't know this, fans don't know that. I don't want to hear any of that BS. Everybody knows that our line was terrible last year. We were 28th as an O-line, and they go out and get Andrew Wiley to start at right tackle, who gave up nine sacks, who who had a, um, a blown block rate as one of the worst in the league. And you put him in there and you say that's an upgrade. Well, with us, well, it is. 
It is an upgrade. Anything will be an upgrade. It, it's an upgrade over what we had. Cornelius Lucas, and I can't say Cosme because he was banged up. He was banged and up. And then with the finger thing, you can't yeah. grab if you got a cast on your damn hand. Yep. And then they say, okay, we're going to put him in, in guard. Mm-hmm. Hasn't played guard. Mm. He's a tackle. Mm-hmm. They started teaching him guard last year. So they say, okay, we signed Wiley. We're going to put Cosme at guard. Upgraded guard. Maybe, maybe not. Definitely probably upgrade over Trey Turner. So as long as that dude retires and gets out of town, I don't care. But I don't think he's under contract anyway, so it doesn't matter. So I won't get into the center position because that comes up next. Left guard, you have Andrew Norwell, who, as as you said, Dimitri, if you look it up on ESPN.com, he was an undrafted rookie free agent for Ron Rivera in Carolina. Mm -hmm. And you're going to tell me that you're going to go ahead and have him battle it out with a fourth round, I'm, I'm going to call it now, bust, Sadiq Charles, yeah. uh, who was a tackle, dropped to the fourth round from LSU. Mm-hmm. We scooped him up and made him a guard. Yep. Has not worked out so Has well. Has not worked out. And a seventh round point guard in Chris Paul, who you got going to come in and you're going to battle for the left guard position. Mm-hmm. And then you have Charles Leno, who I know I've talked about in the pod, and you have too. Mm-hmm. That was basically, as, as, as uh, Mark Tyler from Hogshaven says, uh, it was a uh, walking uh, traffic cone. Yeah. So, and you take into account what these other teams are doing with their defensive line. Dallas takes Maisie Smith in the first round. What would you say he, he, he did, Rock? How many, how many bench reps did he do? 22, but not at 225. Which, which is, is the standard. At the combine. Right. 22 at Three twenty-five. Twenty-two reps at three twenty-five. Okay, so you got them. That's their first-round pick. We already went over the Eagles. Yeah, we what they added to their D line. Yep. And then you're going to sit there and tell me that you think, in your ultimate wisdom, that it's best to get a corner. Well, no, not even a corner, a hybrid, mm-hmm. instead of going O line and and bulking up in there. And that's why I say this will definitely be, we've talked about it, this will definitely be Ron Rivera's year, not only because we got a new owner coming in, but because he has no sense of what a good offensive line is. He doesn't value it, and you said it earlier, Rock, you build from the inside out. Now, now do I think the dude's going to be a playmaker, Martin? He probably is. He could be. What the highlights we saw him, he's a hitter, he's smart, He's long and lengthy. He, he's a ball hawk. Yep. I love all of that. Love it. But at that position at 47 with the players that were available to us, we needed to go O-line mm-hmm. to solidify the weakness and not the strength. And we were talking about it, and we said when we were debating on who the first-round pick was going to be, whether it was going to be corner or whether it was going to be O-line, yep. we said what lost us games? What was it? Was it the number three defense that we had? Or was it the number 28 offense that we had? It was definitely the offense, the inability to protect our quarterback on a consistent basis, and various number, two numerous to elaborate. Two two numerous to elaborate. But we said, we'll give them a pass on the first round because it wasn't there. Right. And they didn't reach. They didn't take take Jalen Duncan. They didn't take Dewan Jones. They didn't take Osiris Torrance, who I love. But doesn't scheme fit. He's more of a power blocker. Power blocker. So they didn't take a guy that was a stretch. Mm-hmm. They took a guy that they figured was the best. And he was the second corner off the board. Mm-hmm. So I'm good with that. But at 47, you have to go O-line. Got to go O-line. Got to go O-line. That was, uh, 
You needed to go O-line there. You need to draft. I mean, that there was something that came out on Twitter, and we already knew it, but it was talking about how in four drafts, Ron Rivera has only taken one offensive lineman in the first three rounds. Let, let me say that again. In four drafts, Ron Rivera has taken one offensive lineman in the first three rounds of the draft. Enough said. Yeah. Drop the mic. Yeah. And and just like you said, just to get into it, because we probably haven't gotten into it before, real quick, just to say, Charles Leno was, what was a seventh-round pick? Seventh-round pick. He was cut by the Bears right before training camp. We yeah. got lucky enough lucky enough to yeah. sign him because yeah. God knows it was going to be Jerron Christian at left tackle, oh. and that would have been worse. Yes. But his play has regressed. Yes. Left guard was Andrew Norwell, yeah. undrafted free agent yeah. from Carolina. Over the hill. Over the hill. Center, Chase Ruye, sixth-round draft pick, who's been hurt the past two years. Right guard was Trey Turner last year, who was a third-round pick. Now they're going to try to make Cosme, who was a second-round pick, who was our highest pick under Ron Rivera's offensive line. Yep. Instead of a tackle, who was the athletic tackle, they're going to make him a guard. And at right tackle, somebody so eloquently put on Twitter, who didn't start a tackle until his fifth year in the league, <laughs> and we, we figure that he's the, he's the answer at right tackle. Not valuing the offensive line will get you fired and get Sam Howe killed. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. Couldn't Brock, have said what, it do you, myself. what do you think? You feel our pain? Do you feel it? No, I, I understand it. Because uh, <laughs> the word fan, which we all are, comes from the word fanatic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and while it, it is frustrating to see your main competitors, your division rivals are bringing in monsters, and you, you're, you're worried about the turnstiles that you guys have up front. I, I get that. So the one thing that you honestly can do other than just cursing a lot, <laughs> is looking at the advantages of who get, did get taken. I understand you guys wanted line. I understand you needed line. I understand you guys expected line. And you got Jartavius Martin, the jart. But I will point this out about Martin. Two things that uh, I have found. Vertical leap of 44 inches. Ooh. Best Duke, in the combine. Yeah. Duke can jump out the fucking roof. Yeah. One of his accolades... The number four tackling grade in the FBS among corners per PFF. Number four tackling grade. I know it's not NCAA college football. It's not the (laughs) dance, but there's a lot of FBS teams. Yeah. A lot of players on those teams, a lot of defenders, at least 11 guys. Week in, week out in a number four tackling grade. Yeah. I, I, I... I understand being frustrated with not getting the alignment where you needed, expected, and wanted one. Uh, your only hope is uh, also drafting guys for depth. Injuries happen. And you guys know that as well as anyone else. True. Sometimes that, having an extra man. Plus, you also never know if they may be trying to do something a little different schematically defensively. Right. You know, hey, we're going to try a different guy at nickel. Hey, we're going to try a different guy at dime. Right. So, uh, I understand your pain, though, especially with the offensive line. Yes. I have Kirk Cousins now. <laughs> well, I do appreciate that because getting a, a point of view from somebody who's not a Washington yeah. fan yeah. Uh, kind of puts a little bit more in perspective. And I did forget about that, the that the 44-inch vertical, that the fourth in tackling in the FBS pro, pro, uh, pro football focus. So, those are all positive. And like I said, I like the dude. Yeah, I like the player. I think he is going to be good for us, and I think they have him slated probably going to be the slot corner because he plays slot corner. He plays safety, kind of a rover type of dude. Um, 
And last thing I'm going to say about that is when we did hear that the Washington was trying to trade up to the first pick in the um, second round, mm-hmm. we were excited. We were yeah. thinking they're going to get O line. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing. I don't. I haven't heard this, but for what they drafted, I'm guessing they were going to get Brian Branch. Yeah. That, and that, that, that we talked about. That. Yeah. Yeah. We talked. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. That would have pissed me off even more yes. if we traded up for Brian Branch, even though he, he is that rover hybrid type of guy. Yep. And so we got basically the second best of that, and we didn't have to trade up. So that's that's a caveat to that. Now I'm going to let you roll on uh, our third-round pick. Yeah, so coming back around, you know, we're upset. We know that we're not picking for about roughly 50 picks. Hopefully, um, we now finally take a lineman. And I tell you, um, didn't know where we were going to go. Uh, we were going back and forth, betting who we thought maybe it would be a tight end, uh, maybe it will be a linebacker. Or another corner because Ron Rivera loves corners. Yeah, he loves corners, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they, they did finally decide to go ahead and draft a position of need here again. Uh, I mean, excuse me, for the first time on the offensive line, excuse me, uh, Rick Stromberg, center out of Arkansas, 24 starts. Uh, the SEC coaches had um, – Went ahead and said, all together had a consensus that he was the best lineman in the SEC. Very high praise from a very uh, upper echelon conference, if not the best conference. Yeah, he won the award for that. I I don't know what the award name is, but there's an award for the SEC coaches voting on the best player. Yeah, they voted on They gave it to him. They gave it to him. Number one uh, offensive lineman voted on by the coaches in the SEC. Um, This is a guy, I mean, the guy's a mauler. He's a masher. Um, His rug blocking is... Fits well in the zone gap scheme, which I believe Eric Bieniemy is going to implement that. Definitely. So now that means he's a scheme fit. So loves hearing that. The fact that he does come in and allows to where he can come in and he doesn't have to start right away. But I like his potential. I like his upside. I like his pedigree. I like the conference he's coming out of. And I think that is a very good pick. And it helps soften the blow of not taking one in the second round. So, overall, very good with that pick. I'm glad it panned out as far as getting him. Uh, not since we didn't take, a, of course, an offensive lineman in the second round. So, that's my quick take on that. Yeah, uh, I agree. I was just happy it was an O-lineman. Uh, they could have had basically anybody that's an O-line at that point, and I would have stood up and applauded. Yes. Uh, maybe did a handstand if I was 20-some years younger and not fat. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm... And Ricky Stromberg was somebody I did see that third, fourth round mm-hmm. range, maybe fifth. Uh, but I'm not going to complain. This this is not what I'm going to do with this pick. No. It was offensive line. I think that does spell the end of Chase Ruyer. Yes. Uh, so it'll be Nick Gates and and Ricky Stromberg fighting it out. I do think Nick Gates will be the starter who we signed from the Giants. Who, oh, by the way, if I want to just piss myself off a little bit more, when we didn't draft John Michael Schmitz in the second round, yeah, center from Minnesota, who was one of the consensus best centers in the league last year. Plug and play guy. Plug and play guy. The Giants drafted him yep. right after we decided to take another corner. Yep. Um, and we signed, because we signed their center, Nick Gates, yeah. from them last year. Yep. So. I do think it's going to be Nick Gates this year. I do think Stromberg will get the opportunity next year to win the job. But again, like Rock said, uh, depth is good at that point uh, because we went through, I believe it was eight centers in two years. Um, <laughs> at least. I mean, something like that. It, it's ridiculous how many centers that, that get hurt for us. Yeah. So I do think that spells the, the end of Chase Ruye. Uh They're going to probably cut him post-June 1st. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means for Kendall Fuller. I know they like him. 
I think they would rather extend him and lessen the cap hit instead of just saving the $8 million, I believe it is, mm-hmm. out of his $11 million. I think we would have almost a $4 million dead cap mm-hmm. and uh, $8 million in savings. Um, so that's for another day. Even Ron Rivera had said in his presser yesterday, that's for another time. That We haven't even thought about that. We're, we're trying to get through the draft. Okay. So I love the pick. I will not say anything bad about taking an offensive lineman. I don't care what position it is. Mm-hmm. At least we got somebody in there. Oh, yeah. What do you think, Rob? Okay. Uh, first off, I uh, believe Ricky Stromberg on CBS Sports right now is listed not as a center, but as an interior offensive lineman. And I believe his freshman year, he did play guard. He did. Okay. And now, then the, the, the years after that, he moved to center. Right. 24 so, starts at center after, right. Yep. So this is someone that gives you a little bit of uh, uh, maneuverability along the line. Uh, also, the draft is getting ready to kick off. And I believe this is the round where they actually let some lucky fans call some names at the podium, yep. or those are the oldest Make-A-Wish kids I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can't be any worse than those damn YouTube influencers that they have out there for the second round, which I just want to shoot myself every time I see them come out because they're absolute idiots. And for what it's worth, there was a trade. The Chicago Bears have traded with the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints are on the clock now. Uh, that came across uh, my phone about 15, 20 minutes ago. I just want to throw that out there. So, for all of y'all getting ready to turn on the TV and watch the draft, the New Orleans Saints are on the clock right now. Be interested to see who they go with. Uh, the Bears are trading. So. Oh, so, that's 103 starting off there. We ran this right up there. This is, I believe, if it's not our longest pod, uh, it was definitely one of the longest. Yeah. Uh, definitely appreciate uh, comedian Rock Allen with us. If you get a chance to YouTube him or hear anything by him, he's in the Newport News area. He does travel up to D.C. every once in a while. Um, on the eastern seaboard, he, you might see him. Very funny guy. Uh, but if, if um, off-color comedy is not your thing, yeah, maybe it's not best maybe to see him. <laughs> but he, he is the truth. He is the truth. I, I do have to point out, though, I don't have a YouTube. I have no online social media. I'm on Pornhub. I am, I'm Dick Dastardly 757 on Pornhub. And I like to leave very creative uh, comments that can get you banned from making comments on Pornhub. Oh I didn't think they'd be so sensitive on Anal Reapers Volume 7. Oh okay. So with that being said, definitely appreciate y'all listening. Uh, we're going to get this up immediately on YouTube, on Spotify. Um, I think it's on Google Play, a couple other the streaming platforms that we have it on. So take a listen, like, subscribe, uh, tell your friends about it, and uh, definitely appreciate y'all listening. Thank you very much, and we'll get y'all back for another DC Sports Plus. Next week, we'll have another one out early, probably around Tuesday. Holla!